The Bible says, for it is in him that we live, move, and have our very being. It's good to be alive on this morning. It's good to be seen, and it's good to be able to see you on today. Our God has continuously been blessing all of us with life. Life is not promised tomorrow. It's not promised, but God is one who does what is best for us. I was in Mississippi on yesterday and uh, went to sleep last night and was supposed to get up early and travel back to Baton Rouge and thought I set my alarm and uh, something happened. And, uh, and my wife called me about one 56 a.m. And when I heard the phone, I jump up. I jump out of the bed because I knew that I had overslept. But I'm thankful to God for that phone call uh, because God is in the plan. God is in our lives. And even when our frailty, our weaknesses of the flesh and of the human body fails, God still comes through for us. And as long as you live in the purpose and the will of God, all things, all things will work out for good to them that love God and who are called according to his purpose. And um, so we were there yesterday, had an engagement in Hattiesburg, and preacher wanted me to stay this morning. I said, no, I got to get back. And I said, you need to preach where you are, and I need to preach where I am. And uh, we'll do this thing another time. And, uh, but we had a great time there yesterday uh, celebrating him with the church. Uh, I'm, I'm, we, we're, we're in this thing, the, uh, the series in Luke 15. And uh, the very purpose of the series is to reach out to those who have gone astray are those who are able to be back with us in the building, and that's the purpose, to, to reach out to our members and that we can be back together uh, as one. And uh, so your job, my job, was to try to reach out and contact individuals that we know of. And some people, some people is, in your, is in your contacts. Hello, somebody. Who, who may not be faithful to God, but they're in your contacts. And so... Uh, you are responsible for them, but nevertheless, we, that's the focus this morning and this month, and we have one more Sunday, and uh, if you've been following us, there's a pattern in Luke chapter 15, and we started in Luke 15 on the first Sunday of this month with verses 1, 2, and 3, and that's where Jesus sets the context for Luke chapter 15, and everybody talks about the prodigal son, but in order to understand the prodigal son, you need to understand the first two windows of the parable. If you don't fully understand the lost sheep, then you won't understand the prodigal. If you don't understand the lost coin, then you won't understand the older son. And if you don't understand the shepherd who is considered to be uh, the good shepherd, right? He's the good shepherd. And the reason why he's the good shepherd is because in Luke 15, you find Jesus opens up and he talks to who? He's talking about the Pharisees and the what? The scribes. And the scribes and the Pharisees were murmuring or complaining about Jesus' acceptance to those who were tax collectors and sinners. And they were complaining about him, that he welcomes them, he sits with them. But not only that, but he has this thing called table fellowship with them. He sits down with sinners. He eats with the sinners. And so they had an issue with Jesus with that. And Jesus confronts them, and Jesus tells them the parable. Now remind yourself that it is not three parables. It is one parable or one illustration that he gives us in three different windows. And so in the first case, what he does, he gives us the sheep that goes astray. And he wants the Pharisees to understand 
that one reason why the sheep is gone astray is because you fail to be good shepherds. And he says, a good shepherd does what? A good shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness and he goes after the one who has gone astray. So Jesus is the good shepherd. And then he comes to this other one, the, the picture that, that, that talks about a coin. The woman in the day, they had 10 coins that they would have, and this woman perhaps got it from her husband off some job that she had, and they would wear it around necklaces sometime, but this woman probably didn't have it on a necklace because it would be no good if it had a hole in it. She might have had it in a cash box. And uh, what happened is that she lost one of her coins. Now, somebody might say, you know, she had 10. She lost one. She got nine. Why look for the other? Because the other one has value. Whatever you value in life, you'll seek after it if you value it. And so the woman lost the coin in the cracks of the stone floors. And the Bible says what she does, she sweeps the floor. She cleans the house. Some of y'all need to have some spring cleaning, not in your house, but in your lives. Amen, somebody. Uh, not in your house, but in your lives. And what happened is she, she searches for the what? For the coin. And he wants the Pharisees and the scribes to know this, that just like the woman lost the coin because y'all was irresponsible with the sheep, the woman was careless with the coin. And so sometimes people can be lost because of the carelessness of somebody else. Not that the coin wanted to be lost. The coin didn't have a choice because the coin was lost because of the carelessness of somebody else. And so Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd who searches for the one sheep in spite of the 99 that is still here. He says, I'm the good woman who searches for the lost coin because of the carelessness of the leaders. And then what we're going to be today, part one today, part two next Sunday, is this, is the good shepherd, the good woman, and the good father. Oh, this father here is a wonderful father. He will do some things that is going to blow your mind away. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject. We have titled the Easter series, He's Left the 99 to Rescue Me. To Rescue Me, a man with two sons, part one. And I'm not going to do all of the reading on today, and I can't do all of the reading. Can't give everything, even when we finish next week. It's just too much in Luke chapter 15. But I believe Luke 15 describes to us the very heart of God. It is the very heart of God. And God gives us three, three pictures. And today we want to start on the last one on today. And we hope that this lesson blesses your life and has an effective change in your life. That you won't see God the same way that you have before you stepped in this building on today. Luke chapter 15, watch verse number 11. And, and there's something that is very cool here. I like it because in every first scripture of every picture, you find all of the characters in the very first scripture of every picture that he gives. And here, watch this. He says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. A certain man had, had two sons. Um, two sons. Remember when I told us about the lost coin, the lost shepherd, and here the lost son. Now what you have is Jesus is who again? He's the what? The good shepherd. He's the good woman. And he's the good woman because he wants the leaders in the ancient day to know that I just didn't come for the men. I came also for the women. Jesus is not a savior just for men. He's a savior for everybody. And so Jesus wants the men to know at that time the woman's job was in the house. They didn't look at women like we look at women today. And Jesus wanted to kind of change the mentality of the leaders of the day to let them know that I don't view women like you view them at the bottom of our society. And so here he says, and he said a certain man had what? 
two sons. And I'm just going to walk this thing this morning and go on to another level on next Sunday. But he says a certain man had what? Two sons. Follow me on this morning. Remind yourself that he gave, he has given us two pictures prior to this. And uh, the first one was the sheep, right? The sheep goes what? Astray. And uh, the corn is what? It's lost. But it's lost inside of the... Jesus gives us the picture now. He starts off with animal, a coin, and now human beings. And so what he does, he says he has two sons. Now Jesus is going to bring everything together. The stray sheep and the lost coin in the house. By giving us the picture of a stray son and the older son who is lost right there in his own house. Watch this verse 12. The Bible says, and the younger of them, and the younger of them. Now, I, I, can't, I can't go on through this verse without giving you the culture and the customs of the day. Because remind yourself, I said, you cannot understand the Bible if you do not know the original intent in which it was written. The only people who know the original intent is the one speaking and the one listening. You and I were not there. So you have to know the culture. You have to know the context, right? And uh, if you don't have context or every text give you a context but if you don't have context we preachers call it pretext you can make it say whatever you want it to say but it's important for you to understand the context and so what he says here and the cost customs of the day and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that fall it to me and he divided them his living. He says, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided them his living. Now, you need to know this. Uh, there is, there is what you call family ranking or family ranking of the members in the family, right? So he says, and the younger of them said to his father. Now, you don't understand it yet, but what the young man is doing here, he is not the number one in the family. He is not at the top. He is not the rule. He is not the authority, but he is at the bottom. And what he does here is very insolence or rude or disrespectful. So what he does here, he says, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Now, I want you to know, let's go to the first slide. Watch this here. What you see here is the ranking members of the family. The father is unorthodox, the older son is the lost coin, and the younger son is the lost sheep. Now, I know we are sheep. We don't look nothing like that sheep, but we are still sheep. And the same way Jesus views sheep, he views members of the Lord's church. So what happens here is the younger son is the third ranking member in the family. But he is talking to his father like he is the authority. Oh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see it yet. <clears throat> and what he's telling his father is I no longer want to be under your authority. He is telling his father I no longer want to abide by your house rules. Therefore, I'd rather be out there enjoying the pleasures of this world than rather enjoy the securities 
of being in a domestic family. And so what he does, he tells his father, give me what belongs to me. Now what you need to understand is nothing yet belongs to him. Nothing yet belongs to him. And any living child who in the ancient days uh, told his father what he told his father was disrespectful not only to the house but the entire community. Watch this. He is telling his father, I rather love the world then experience the love of my father. And he is asking of something that did not belong to him. Anytime in the ancient day that the father was still alive and everything he owned still belongs to him. And whenever a son came to him and asked him like he did, Give me what belongs to me. He is literally saying that I wish you were dead. I'm giving you the custom and the culture of the day. And what happens is, is, is I like, I'm coming back to that verse uh, in verse 12, but, but what I want you to see is the father is unorthodox. He is not a traditional father. And, and what he does, like I said earlier, will blow your mind. And, and, and what he does here, he has to bear the voice of his son demanding to give me something that does not belong to him. Uh, verse, verse, verse 13, let me read this one right quick, then I'll come back. Give me verse 13, watch this here. And not many days. Back up to verse 12. Back up to verse 12. No, no, no. Back up to verse 12. Watch this here. And he divided unto them his living. Ooh. And he divided unto them his living. The older son didn't say a word. But the father took it upon himself. Because he loved both sons. Just like Jesus told the Pharisees. In other words, you should have loved both the sheep and the woman who is the coin. The Jews were lost. And so Jesus wants them to understand. Y'all keep in mind, this is for the Pharisees. So what he wants them to understand, and he says, and he divided unto them his what? That's everything he had. I said that's everything he had. Uh, the father, when he heard this, Brother Johnson, he could have done either two of these things here because of the custom of the day. Uh, when his father says, when the son says, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall it to me. <laughs> he was telling him, give me mine or give me what's mine. I can't stand you. I can't stand living under your roof. I'm tired of you telling me what to do. I'm tired of your advice and your instructions. I like this father, though. I like him. He didn't put up a fight. Some of y'all would have put up a fight. Some of y'all would have stood him in his face, grabbed him by his collar, but this father didn't do so. The Bible says, uh, and he divided unto them his living now, when he said this, not only he was disrespectful, not only he, he was wishing his father to be dead, but the father had the right to verbally abuse his son. Talk about the culture. He could, number one, he could have run him out of the house. He could have verbally abused him however he wanted with his words. But he, but he, but he, but he divided his living. The other thing was interesting I found in the custom of the day is he could have literally ran him out the house with physical blows. 
Well, you're not seeing this. I'm going to walk it this day, but next week I'm going to walk it. I just want you to see this thing here. Physical blows. That means he could have laid hands on his son according to the custom and the culture of the day. But I like what he did, Sister Putman. The Bible says, and he divided unto them his living. Oh, how many times God can lay hands on us. But he divides his blessings day after day after day after day. And Jesus is given the picture of a good father. And of course, yes, you guessed it, the father is God. And he's showing you through the prodigal son's father how God demonstrates his love to us on a daily basis. But how we reject the love of God on a daily basis. The son is rejecting his father's love. He's rejecting it. And all his father's doing is giving him love, but he rejects it. Now, now that's the house, that's the home that's involved. But I want you to know something else. There's also the community. Don't forget about the community. See, the community watches the house. See, remember with the sheep? The 90 and 9 that was in the wilderness, y'all remember that? In the text, you never read the 99 came home. He says he goes out and searches for the one sheep. But while he's searching for the one sheep, the community is back home. And the community cannot rejoice because the shepherd did not come back home with the flock. And that's why Jesus says the angels will rejoice over one sinner that repented over 90 and 9 that needed no repentance at all. And he wanted the Pharisees to understand if the angels can rejoice over one, then why y'all look like y'all been sucking lemons all night? It's an attitude. And so, and so watch this here. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Verse 13, watch this here. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together. I want you to see this one. And took his journey into a far country. I don't know why children like to go far away from home sometimes. Well, you want to go far away from home. It looks like if you got security and love right here, you look like you want to stay close, right? <laughs> oh, we're going to leave that one alone. But anyhow, the younger son gathers all together <laughs> and took his journey into a far country. Ain't nothing wrong, nothing, 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 nothing wrong, y'all going far now. Amen, somebody. Yeah. And they're wasted, and they're wasted. He wasted his substance with righteous living. He took the journey into a far country. He wasted the substance that came from his daddy with righteous living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey. Now, what you need to see, this version don't tell us, but what he did, he sold everything that he had from the house that came from his father. And he sold it, and he went out there, and he lived it up. He was big baller shot caller. Couldn't nobody stop him. He was balling hard until he couldn't ball no more. And when and, and we, we're not gonna go we're not gonna go there today, but but he's in a far country, and his law, his father can no longer reach out to him, and he no longer can reach out to his father because he's in a far country. Uh, the somebody would say, why does the father? Treat the son like he does. He is the authority. He makes the rules in the house, but he's not acting like somebody in authority. Jesus wants them to know 
Just because you are in authority, just because you're the head man in charge, that does not mean that you have to lead with an iron fist. And he wants them to understand that Jesus, like that woman, he wants them to understand where is the love, where is the compassion, where is the grace, where is the mercy, where is the kindness, where is the forgiveness, where is all of these things that come from the Lord. And Jesus is painting this picture, and by the time that son comes back home, it's celebration time. But you can't shout yet until you get everything in between. Let's go to point number one. Watch this here. Give me the next slide, rather. I want the next slide. I got to do this one here. And just, I'm walking this, this, this day. If the shepherd never seeks the lost sheep, the sheep what? The sheep dies. The sheep dies because it goes astray, unaware of the danger that lies ahead. He's talking about the son, the young son. The young son does not really understand what's waiting for him out there. All he sees is I need to get away from the old man. He's been breathing down my neck. I'm tired of him telling me what to do. I've, I've, get, I've got to get out of here. I can't, I can't be here anymore. I just got to get out of here. Well, you going next door? No, I'm going way to a far country. Some people are not strong enough to graze alone. Are you following? Sheep graze. From one area to the next with their heads down. Some people cannot graze by themselves. They're not strong to do it alone. They need to graze alongside of others to feel strong. You wonder why so many people have strayed away from the Lord. You can't do this thing by yourself. Give me two. Watch this here. If the woman, now, that was the, that was the sheep, this is the corn. If the woman never sweeps in search of the corn, the corn is forever what? Now, you see, the application in that time really does not affect us because we're living in two different time frames. But the context, culture, custom, religion, language of the day can help us understand how deep this meant to Jesus and how it should mean something to us when we are dealing with the church of God. And so what he says here, the corn is forever what? Lost. The sheep what? Dies if the shepherd does not go. Members are going to die and spend eternity where they do not want to be if the members who are strong sheep never searches for those who have gone astray. Folk, the corn is forever lost. If the woman never sweeps the house, but the greater tragedy is the corn is lost in the house. Sad but true, some people will be lost in the church. I said some people will be lost in the church because of the carelessness of others. And I know you think, well, I'm in the church, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. That, that don't mean you're saved. Just because you're in the church. The corn was in the house. It was lost in the house. Watch this, number three. If, if the father never runs to his son. Mm, let, me, let, me, let me give you this. In the ancient day, old men didn't run. They didn't run. It was the custom. They I don't know what it was, but it was a custom. They did not run. They didn't run. They, they didn't run. I want you to see this one. We're closing. We're closing. Smile. We're closing. If the father never what? Runs. <laughs> I, I want that to just simmer. Remember, all he's doing is bringing together the first two pictures in the parable. If the shepherd never goes out, the sheep dies. If the woman never sweeps, the corn is forever, forever lost. If the father never runs to his son, then the son is never restored. Watch this. 
to his rightful place as a son. Watch this here. Don't have the time to do it this morning, but just work with me. Remember when he comes back, Sister Gertie. He says, Father, I have sinned against you, and I have sinned against heaven. Make me one of your hired. Y'all ain't going to help a preacher this morning. Make me, make me, make me one. I ain't fit to be a son no more. The stuff I did down yonder, Lord, Daddy, you don't want to know what I did. Woo! There are some doors in your life you don't want nobody to open. Hello, somebody. You don't want nobody to find out about that. And he said, Daddy, I ain't fit to be your son. He says, he says, make me. Make me a what? A paid servant. See, what you need to understand is, is all his daddy's servants make money. And all of his daddy's servants has a cup that overflows. Because he says, my daddy's servant got enough, got enough, got enough to spare. You a servant in the house and you got enough to spare. And he says, I'm out here. I'm going over. I'm out here. Starving among pigs. And my daddy's hired servant got enough to spare. Mm. Uh, he can only become a hired servant. God is not bound. God is not bound. Boy, thank God he ain't bound by this customs of the day, man. People will bound you. When you're bound, you are trapped in. You can't do no more than what the boundary line says. You can't go over this. You, you might want to cross it, but you can't because you, 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 you're stuck. But this part is unorthodox. God is, God is unorthodox. Watch this here. Keep this in mind. If the father never runs to his son, what happens? He's never restored to his rightful, his rightful place as a son. Now, whew, I'm, I'm running ahead, but that's all right. Uh, when he comes back, y'all remember when he come back? I'm going to talk about it in detail more next time. But when he comes back, y'all remember that? He didn't have nothing on his feet. Because he sold it. His ring he had, he didn't have it. He sold it. His pretty robe. Huh? What, what kind of robe that was? What kind of robe? Y'all know? Huh? What kind? A Gucci. That was a Gucci robe. <laughs> and he didn't come back with his Gucci. He didn't come back with Gucci. He came back naked. Old men don't run. The shepherd looks for the sheep. The father was in search of his son. The shepherd, the good woman, sweeps the house. He going to deal with the older boy. Boy, that, that boy, he start tripping, huh? The older boy was tripping. His son, his brother, his brother was out there. Didn't know if he was alive or dead. And then when he come back, then he start tripping. He like, what's my daddy doing? The servant says, oh, your brother has come back. And your daddy has killed the fatted calf. And we're going to throw a celebration. And he was like, what? <laughs> he walks up to his daddy. Daddy, what's up with that? I've been in the house. I've been working in the field. And here your son done wasted his living, your living, with, with, with prostitutes out there. And, and, and here he comes back and you ain't never gave me a kid. That's a baby goat. You ain't never gave me a kid. You, now you killing the fatted calf for him. His daddy looked at him. His daddy was like, son, he said, everything I got belonged to you. He said, everything I got belongs to you. 
He says, yes, I gave your brother what, was, what I thought was his. Even though it wasn't his, I still gave it to him. Want to see this? It wasn't his, but I gave it to him. Uh, let me read something to you. I, I, I got to read this to you this morning. Uh, because I, I, I want to give you the full scope. I, I got to give you the full scope. I don't, I don't want to shortchange you this morning, but I want to give you something. I want to give you something Arthur said, and uh, uh, y'all want it? It's free. You don't have to pay nothing for it. It's free. Uh, it's free. Uh, watch this here. The, uh, rather than strike the boy, right? Remember I told you that in the custom he had the right to physically uh, blow uh, and abuse him, but he didn't. Rather than strike the boy uh, of, 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 of his disrespect, his insolence, and his rudeness, the father grants him his reward, his request. The father grants it to him. It, it wasn't his. It, it wasn't his, but the father. God gives you stuff. He, he, he know you can't handle it, but he give it to you now. He, he know that you might try to worship it, but he give it to you anyhow. That, that's a good father. But watch, watch this here. The father is able to extend the costly love. This, this, was it the costly love of the form of grace because he is willing to endure the agony of rejected love. Watch this though, watch this. This agony is the most painful form of suffering that is known to the human spirit. The greater the love, watch this now, the greater the pain. Love, when love is not accepted. Have you ever tried to love somebody and they don't love you back and you do everything within your power to try to make them love you, but they don't love you like you love them? That's agony. That's painful. The father, but, but watch this here. The father, the father is out of this type of spirit. It is out of, it is out of his rejection of his father's love that the prodigal son makes his request known. The father is willing to suffer the agony and pain of a son who rejects your love. He grants him what does not belong to him. But he's willing. He knows his son rejects his love. When you know somebody's rejecting your love, when you know somebody's rejecting your love, when you know somebody's rejecting your love, then the, then the thing to do is what? Is stop giving it to them. But what he does, he is willing to suffer. Y'all not seeing this. He's willing to put himself in the position of suffering from a child who has rejected your love. I don't know. I hope, I hope you never do. I hope you never try to give love to a son who rejects your love. I hope you never, I hope you never experience the rejection of a daughter who rejects your love. I hope you never experience that. I hope you never experience the rejection of a spouse. And what he does, he says, I am willing to suffer. I'm willing to suffer for the sake of my son one day being restored. He can only become a hired servant. God is not bound or held hostage by tradition. Why didn't, you, why didn't you slap him? Why didn't you fuss him? Why didn't you kick him out of the house? He's not bound or held hostage by tradition. Don't, don't let folk hold you in hostage. I can't believe you let her do that. I can't believe you let him do that to you. You ought to be a crying shame of yourself. I'm not hostage by your customs and your culture, your standards. See, I like God because God is outside of the box. God is out of the world. And he says, culture, customs, he is committed to his nature. I said he's committed to his nature. He's committed to his nature. He is not committed. God must be true to his nature, not his emotions and his feelings. 
if God went off of some of his feelings, all of us would be destroyed. His anger only lasts for just a, I mean, just a tad bit. But just that small frame of time, all of us would be dead and gone. That somebody say that's redundancy. He's dead and gone. <laughs> Y'all get that next week. <laughs> his, his nature, Sister Brock, his nature, his nature is love. But the custom and the, cus the culture was cruel. But his nature is love. Old men don't run. Y'all thought I forgot about it. He ran to his son. I want you to picture this in your mind. Y'all got some good imagination. Huh? He's standing at the end of the road. Or let's say the end of the driveway. And he looks down the dirt road and there's his son coming. And it don't make no difference how much the world done beat your child up. You still know your child. You know his face. You know his walk. You know his smell. You know everything about him. And he's coming down the road. And the father looks out there because he searches each and every day because he's the good shepherd. He searches for his son. And he sees somebody coming around the corner over there. And he says, oh, that's my boy there. And he, what he does, he runs. He doesn't walk. He runs. As soon as he identified, that's my son, he takes off into a sprint. Well, Harris, I don't know if he ran a 4-4 or 4-3 or 4-2. I don't know what he ran. He might have ran a 6-1, but he got to his son. You know why he got to him? Remember I told y'all don't forget about the community? In ancient days, the community could not rejoice if you did not bring the flock back to the home. Remind yourself the woman when she cleaned the house, she says she called her friends together. She says, I found a corn which I have lost and they rejoice with her. Y'all remember that? So what the father does, whenever there is disrespect in the house, the community knows about it. In the Old Testament, when a child disrespected his father, they had the right to stone him to death. Boy, how many children would be dead today? So when he saw him, he runs. He does not wait for the community because they're waiting with stones in their pockets. <laughs> Woo! Uh, that might have been the late pop smoke right there. Y'all ain't going to help me right here. <laughs> but watch this here. He runs out, Sister Rita. And what he does, he embraces his son. He tells the servants, put shoes on his feet because he ain't got none. But he's my son. He needs some identification. Get a robe, put it on him because he's my son. Get a ring, put it on him because he's my son. Because of identification. He says, by the way, servants, tell the other servants, go in the pasture. Get the fatted calf in the pasture. Make that thing ready so we can have something to eat. Because my son, who was dead, is alive. You know, they call this Easter Sunday. But you know, everybody's focusing on the resurrection of Jesus. That's the wrong resurrection. I said it's the wrong resurrection. He already got up. What you celebrating something or waiting something that has already happened? You got the wrong resurrection. The resurrection that you need to understand is, it's the one that when the Lord comes back, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and they that are alive shall be caught up in the air, and forever shall we be with the Lord. You got the wrong resurrection. The resurrection you talk about, we celebrate it every Sunday. <laughs> 
We celebrate that every Sunday. It ain't no special Sunday for us. Every Lord's Day is a special day for us because we recognize when he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third appointed morning. And if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then none of us got any hope for tomorrow. We might as well pack up shop, shell the building, close up, party until we drop, and then go on to wherever we're going. But he ran, and what he did, he covered his son. He covered his son to let the community know. <laughs> I have accepted my son. Watch him, watch him. We're going to see it later. He says, he says, Father, and, uh, and every time he tried to talk, it's like his father said, get him this. He said, but Father, but Father, I've sinned. Get him some shoes. But Father, but Father, I've sinned. Get him a robe. But Father, but Father, get him some shoes. He was telling his father, I've sinned against you. Let me tell you children something. Anytime you go out there and you do what you do, you taint the name of your family. Every time you do what you do. When you do wrong, you taint the name of your family. You, you take the name of your family. And I like what the father does. He runs. He covers him. You see, let me tell you this. When he comes back, y'all know the father knew the kind of life that boy was living? He knew he got him a car full of women. He had some big rims, nice candy paint job. 15-inch woofers in the back. He had his drink of a drink. He was puffing on something. He already knew what kind of life his son lived. Let me tell your parents something. When your son, your daughters went out and did whatever they did and they come back in, it ain't the time to be beating them over the head. Y'all ain't got to say amen is right anyhow. The father did not beat his son. The world had already done that. See, some people don't have no wisdom. When they out there doing what they're doing, you know what they're doing. The father took more joy in a son being alive than a son being dead. And he covered that boy. And he covered him from death. Because the community was going to kill him. But he said, this is my son. He said, I'm going to cover him. To let the community know you can't touch him because he's covered by the love of the Father. Thank God for the love of God. The blood of Jesus covers us. Romans the 8th chapter verse number 1. Therefore there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. We don't have to worry about anything. Whatever happens in this world. We know God is going to cover our sins. He is going to bring us to a better place. We don't know everything. But our faith and our trust is in him. So when your children go out and they do what they do. There's a time to talk about stuff. But when God bring them back to you. Celebrate them being alive and coming back home safe and sound. Amen, somebody. Yeah, and sometimes if she a girl, she bring, a, she bring another little package with her. She bring a little package with her. And if she got a little package, we know the act ain't right. We know that. We already know that. That ain't right. But you got to love that little package too. Well, I wish I had a church up in here. Little package ain't done nobody wrong. Little package didn't ask to come over yonder. But he's here now. And since he's here now, you got to take care of him. Because you got to duplicate and mimic your love that the father shows us. <laughs> Talking about the little package. It's going to take nothing but about 15 minutes. You're going to be lubby-dubby all in that little package. And you're going to say, that's my grandbaby. Amen, somebody. Now, he got here. He got here the wrong way. Amen. That son came to himself. The Bible says when he came to himself, 
when he came to himself because he was not himself. See, that boy that was cutting up at the house, that, was not, that's, that wasn't his son. That, that wasn't his son. And it literally means in the translation what it says, and when he came to himself, it literally means this. When he became himself again. When he got his mind together. He got up that hog pen. He said, I'm going home. I'm going to tell daddy I sinned. I'm going to tell him I sinned against God. And he said, I'm going to tell him, I, I'm not worried. I don't even want to be a son no more. Just make me up. I'll work for you. Thank God for his forgiveness. I want to say this. We'll finish next week. If you're not a child of God, you need to be this morning. You come by hearing his word, by believing in Christ, by saying, I'm going to change my life. I'm going I'm to I'm let the Holy Ghost help me live better. I'm going to let the word of God help me live better. That's repentance. Then I'm going to confess that I believe that the Lord Jesus is the son of the living God. And then what I'll do, which is the greatest thing to do on earth, is to be baptized for the remission of your sins. And when you are baptized into Christ, he'll baptize you into his church. You'll have fellowship with the Lord. You'll have a family that is in Christ. And you will be on your way to glory when the Lord returns. But you know, there are some people who need to be baptized, but there are other people who need to come back to the fold. There are some who need to make some things right in their life. There are some who need to rededicate themselves. There are others who need to repent where they are, right there in their minds and say, Lord, I know I have and I know I said and I know I done, but Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. And that is up to you. Can't nobody beat anything into you. It must come from you. Just like the prodigal son. When he came to himself, all of us at some point in time have to come to ourselves and get it straight before we die. Because once you die, that's it. The chapter is closed. The book is closed. The pen is thrown away. What, 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 how you die is how you get up. And today we hope that somebody say, I'm coming to Christ. I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized because I don't know what tomorrow holds. And maybe somebody say, look, I've sinned in church. I ask y'all to pray for me. I ask y'all to pray for me. We don't want to know what you, what you did and where you've been. We don't want to know that. Well, I don't know. Some people might want to know. But we ain't going to talk about it. The father didn't ask him, where you been? Didn't ask him that. It wasn't the time. This is my son who was dead. He's alive again. <laughs> I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are, what you, what you need. But, but if you need it, God got it. And I'm going to ask the church to stand. Stand up on your feet. Song leader's going to come sing. If you need to be baptized, you walk to the front. If you need to make things right, you remain standing at the end. Maybe you need strength, you ask God. And God will be merciful and liberal to give you what you stand in need. As together we sing the invitation song. I really love.